Okay, Parshas Kiseitze, Tavshin Ayin Beis, as we broadcast once again, Baruch Hashem, back on Eretz Yisrael, back in Beit Shemesh, and we are up to the mitzvah, Parsha, with the most mitzvahs in the Torah, Parsha Kiseitze, 74 mitzvahs, that is a large percentage of 613, but we have them all this week in Parsha's Kiseitze, and um, got a couple of emails about last year's Parsha Shoftim Shir, so thank everybody, uh, Got to got to listen to last year's year, so we missed the one for Shoftim this year. But Baruch Hashem, we are uh, traveled back, and we get into Pashas Kiseitze as we continue here in Chodesh Elo. Okay, we'll just start off with a uh, a short thought from the Vilna Gon. We might have mentioned this in the past, but the the Grub points out that at the beginning of our Parsha, we have the mitzvah of a double portion going to the Bechor. The Torah tells us, Kisyan nashim, man has two wives, he has to give a bubble portion to the uh, Bechar, Pishnayim, ki has a Bechar, but asun yakir, lasso Pishnayim, Bechol HaShayim Atzeilo, ki hu reishis ono, lo mishpat ha He is the beginning of the father's strength, lo mishpat ha he gets the Bechara, which just parenthetically, lo mishpat ha is the phrase that the Ramban uses in his introduction to his commentary on Chumash to describe Rashi. Even though I'm going to argue many times on Rashi, says the Ramban, Lo Mishpata Bechora. Right? He is the Bechor. He is the one that uh, that always goes first. So says the Gra, just interestingly, if you look at the word Bechor, Bez Chaf Reish. If you look at that word Bechor, in the Torah it's spelled without a Vav. In Parak Chaf Alav Pazig Yudzayin. Bechor, Bez Chaf Reish. It's spelled a couple of times without a Vav. What is the message? Bechor gets a double portion. Says the Gra, every letter in the word Bechar, is double, is the Os Kaful. There are three Osios Kafulos in the in the uh, single numbers, in the tens, and in the hundreds. So we have them right there. Bez is two, Bechar, Rechaf is in the twenties, and Resh is in the two hundreds. So even in the word Bechar, the amazing elements of the Hebrew language, of Lashon HaKodesh, the Bechar itself, that reflects the double portion that is going to go to a Bechar. That's what uh, the Gros says. In the tens, and Reish is Kaful So it's a simple Ha'ara, but it's the Vilna Gon that, that makes it. Okay, that gets us started. And we now go to the beginning of the parsha. When you go out to war, the phrase came up in last week's parsha also. But many of the Bali Musar, many of the Bali Machshava point out that Kiseitze is always read in Chodesh Elul. So there's always deeper meanings to many of the ideas that are discussed in this parsha to our time period in the year. When you go out to war against your enemy, many of the Bali Musar say your enemy is. Hu Hayat Sahara. Right, it's not your enemy externally, as the Pashab Shad of the Pasik is, but my internal enemy, the enemy that tries to drive me away from Akadish Baruchu, says in the Vakrasal Shabbos Oneg, in the third volume, Bali Musar Omrim, Kipas Examed Dabra Ahamelchama Hagadola Biyoser, Shiesla Adam, the greatest fight that we ever have, Hamelchama Biyat Sahara. We have to fight, as Rafisal Salanter said, it is harder to fight and conquer one Midah, one Midah Tova than to learn all of Shas. Right? Those of us who were Zochet to, to, to celebrate this past couple of weeks ago with the Siyam Shas, it took a long time. It's very a lot of hard work. It says the Yisrael Salanter is even harder to perfect one Midah. 
That's the greatest Muhamma. Yada ha Adam ki yeitzahara mischakem lo mavakish tamilachilo. A person knows that the Yitzhahara will try to do whatever he can to be machshul him, to to pipe and to come into his head whenever he's not focusing. Right? We could be we could be not thinking about something all day. We start Shmon Esrei, boom. We're thinking about everything in the world. It's the Yitzhahara trying to be machigas, trying to take away kavana from us. And therefore, Mishum Kach, Lopami Siachayitzer, as Daitum and Iker Elatafel, many times, one of the strategies that we have to remember, one of the strategies is he makes us focus on trivial matters and he takes our mind away from what we should be focusing on. The Karim Gedolim of our day. He makes us get caught up in the, in the, in the Tafel and we forget the Iker. And a mashal is given here. Beautiful mashal. A person comes to the border between two countries and he comes with a bicycle. On the bicycle are two huge sacks. Two huge sacks. And of course the guard comes over and, and wants to know what he's smuggling across. Guard wants to know what's, what's going on here. We have these two huge sacks of, of material. So he goes and the guard asks him, what's, what's in it? Just sand. Just sand. That's all I have. Show it to me. Show me its sand. So the man took down one of the sakim, sakim kfeidim, yalofanayim, he put it in front of the tax collector. And the tax collector looked and he, and he felt it. He's like, just sand, it can't be. He puts his hand in there. He tries to dig around. He's gotta be something else. Maybe it's, maybe it's the magic sand that, that Nachemish Gamzu used in the, in the Gemara that it turned into arrows. So maybe he threw the sand a little bit and it didn't turn into arrows. It was just sand. See, so understand? He said, "Okay, maybe the other bag. Maybe you're just doing this because because the other bag has something special in it." See, so he took down the other bag and he started researching it and searching it, taking his hands. He doesn't know. It's all sand. It's like, okay. So why are you bringing sand? He's like, I need some sand over there on the in the other country. He's like, okay. So he let it go by. Lamachars hayom the next day, continuing The next day, then he comes again on his bicycle. He comes with two big sacks. He says, "What do you have today?" Cholay Shevish says, I have sand again. He says, Why are you taking sand? He's like, No reason. Because. Why am I taking sand? Because. And every day this occurred. The guard took it and, and he checked and he this. He's like, You're doing it today because you're going to trick me tomorrow. He doesn't know. He does it. The guard moves on. The guard's about to take another job. And the guard tells the person who's taking his place, you should know that there's a man here that comes every day with bags of sand. I am sure that one day he's going to come and do something else. He's going to have something else in the bag. He's just trying to, to, let our, to get us to let our guard down. And then he's going to bring something. He's going to bring something in there. He's going to bring diamonds and, and whatever he's going to bring. But keep your eye on him. He's not a tipeish. He's not a fool. I can tell he's a smart man. So I don't know what he's going to bring. But he's got to bring, so check him every day. So every day the new guard goes, and he also checks. And he checks, and he checks, and he checks. And every day's going on for months and months and years. Keeps going. He's always checking. See, he does, doesn't, doesn't know, I don't, the new guard also doesn't know. Skip a couple of lines. Kavur Shanim. A couple of years later, this man meets the tax collector. Pagash Mefaked, Tachanata Mechaz, Pauso Adam, Nechaz Azazichai, starts talking to him. Hemzacherata, do you remember You remember every day you brought two bags of sand? I don't think you're a fool. So can I please ask you a personal question? Sure. Why? Why were you bringing the sand? I don't understand. So says the man, he says, 
you don't understand. I smuggle things in every single day. So the guard says, no, you didn't. I checked you. I checked you every day. All you had in the bags were sand. So the man says, you know what I smuggled? I smuggled bicycles. Every day I smuggled a bicycle across. You were looking in the bag. Shachachta et ha'ikar v'hidgashta hatafel. Sometimes we can focus on something and we think it's so important, but it's just a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a cloud. It's a cloud that's covering up. It's a, it's a smoke covering up what we're supposed to be focusing on. He takes our mind. He makes us focus on on little details that might not be as important, and he makes us focus on on larger ideas, on relationships between us and 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 each other, on us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He makes us get caught up in in little things in relative terms. Obviously, we have to focus on on the details also in halacha. But sometimes he makes us focus on the tafel at the expense of the ikr. And that's what we have to do at this time of year to make sure that we are, we're focusing not only on the tafel. We can focus on the tafel too. But we also have to focus on what is ikar. Okay. That's in our milchama on our ultimate oyev, the Yetzirah. So we continue. Says the Pasik. If we continue, again, every few psukim here, or even every pusik has a different mitzvah, a different topic, an amazing parsha. Says the Torah by Shani. If a man has a sin, that he must be put to death. And he's killed. There's a halacha that one who is killed is also nitla, is also hung on a tree. And halacha is also nivlev asol la'etz. We're not allowed to leave him there. Ki kavartik bredo by yamahu. But there's a halacha of talia. Rashi quotes Raboseinu amru kol hanis kalin nitlin v'zeo shenemar ki kiel lasalokim talui v'hamivarech es hashem b'skila. Somebody who curses God, a magadef is with skila. If you look in the Hagiona Shel Torah, in the next source. He quotes there the Gemara in Masechah Sanhedrin, Kalim as Kalim Nitlin Divrei Beliezer Vachachamim Omrim Eino Nitzla Elah Magadef VeOved Avodazara. Really, not all those who are Chayiv Skila are Nitzla. Only those who are Magadef, he who curses God, or who he is Oved Avodazara. First question: Why only those two? Out of all those who are put to death, only those two, according to the Chachamim are hanged after they're, do- after they're killed. Megadev, someone who curses God and he's warned about it, etc. And Ovid Avodazar, number one. Question number two, what's the whole purpose of the hanging? The person was already put to death. What, you're embarrassing him after he dies? You're embarrassing his family? Very difficult. He's embarrassed, he's already dead. So is, is it part of the punishment? It's very difficult to say that this is part of the punishment. So what exactly is the purpose of this halacha of Talia of Misas Bezdin? After a Megadev and Ovid Avodazara put to death. So question one, why Dafka these two? Question two, Bichlal, what's the purpose of the Talia? Question three, the Gemara continues. Ha'ish tolenoso l'panav klapeyam v'ha'isha panav klapech eitz divrei b'liyazer. Rabbi Liyazer holds that men and women are hanged differently. V'chachamim omrim ha'ish nitzla ve'in ha'isha nitzla. No, women are not hung. Only men. Only men. Only these uh, these averis and 
Tlia itself takes place. So the Shaila is as the Hagir Shatar of Itzir Fira asks, number one, he has another question that we didn't ask yet. Yeshla Ayain. Lama Hikpida Torah Litloslo Alha eight stafka. Veloa Kaldavarachir. The Torah emphasizes that we have to hang the person on a tree. Vikhiyev ishhe mishpamavis vehumas vesalisa oso al eight. As if any other pole or amud would not be good enough. It has to be the eights. Why dafka the eights? What does the eights symbolize? That's his question. Number one, why the eights? Number two, why dafka these people? Number three, what's the purpose of it? And number four, why man over woman? Those are all of his questions, and now we get to it. Says the Hegiona Shal this Talia, as we'll say soon, is not for him. It's not an Onesh. Because after all, an Onesh would be Lefnei Misa, or as one is killed, that's the Onesh. But after death, it's not. It's obviously a message for those around. What's the message? V'salisa oso al-Eitz, ba'alahaskir l'bnei adam nishkachos. It's to remind us of something long forgotten. So that I learn a Musar Haskel from it. It's to remind me something, something that goes back to the earliest time in history. 5,700 plus years ago. Adam Arishon, Adam Arishon Minhaya. One opinion of the Gemara is that Adam Arishon was a heretic. Where are you? Rabbi Nachman says he was Kofar Be'ikr. Another opinion says he was at Stuki. All these different opinions. And many are bothered. Is it really true? So many Mepharshim. He quotes here from the Eitz Yosef. It, these opinions don't mean that he was he was totally a min and apikaris at Stuki. No, it means at that moment. At that moment of the chait. Nichnas into Adam a feeling, a little bit of minus, a little bit of avodazara, a little bit of stuki hood, a little bit. Because after all, whenever somebody sins, Nichnas Bahem Ruach Shtus, whenever we do something wrong. So says the Eitz Yosef, at the moment of Adam and Chava's sin, what happened? There was nichnas bo minus. Going to the uh, couple lines down. V'svir le'le rab de bo'os ha'shon, nizruka bo minus. Rav Nachman, bo'os ha'kofar be'ikr. Aval obviously, achar shayiknas ha'misa, afterwards he did shuva. We know, we read about in the, in the Midrashim. But says, the Hegyona Shal Torah. Why dafka the Megadif? Why dafka the Ovid of Zara? Because that was the root sin that Adam did. What did Adam do? He had one tzivoy. He had one mitzvah. Don't eat. And he did. So he went against the one command that he had from God. That's a form of avodah zara. That's a form of heresy. One thing God tells me, I don't listen. So at least for a moment, I blasphemed. At least for a moment, I followed other gods. I followed myself. I treated myself as a god. That's why Dafka Magadif and Ovedavad Azar, because this act of Talia is supposed to remind us of back to the original sin, what the root is. What was the root of the original sin? What caused Misa to come into the world? Minus Avodazara, that's Magadif, that's Avodazara. And that's why, as you could already foresee now, Visalisa Osal Alha 8, Dafka a tree, 
Dafka tree. Wachain sif satar listo so so ala eats dafka. Why? Kadila haskir baze chait eats hadaas. Shahu oso chait atzmo shachait taluize. The chait of the eats hadaas is the chait of Odizara, is the chait of Magadev. It's the same chait, and we want people to know that. And to realize that. And this chait that these people hanging were, were guilty of, that was really the chait that Adam did and brought Misa to the entire world. And we have to be so careful not to repeat his mistake. Yesh bohen kedela hartia acherim mechet zeshu chamer kolkach is meant to instill in all those who see that chet of the eitz hadas. You got to stay away from that, and that was the chet of avodazar. Whenever we follow our own rutsonos, we are not mevatel rutsoneinu mepnei rutsono. We're mevatel his rutson for our rutson. We fit his word into our life, but we don't fit our life into his word. So that's. That's a form of Avodah Zarah. And says that Yonah Shal Torah, that's the message. When we see the Magadif and the Ovid Avodah Zarah, it brings us back to the Chet of the Eitz Hadas. It brings us back to the root. And then he even adds, Barak Ishnitzle below Isha. Maybe that's why a man. This is a discussion in the Rishonim in Parshas Bracious, which by the we will get into in a couple of weeks. The Rishonim discuss that only Adam explicitly received the tzivui of the Eitz Only Adam. He received it. Hashem told him. Right? Chava was not created yet. Oh, she was the tail. She was the back of the face. But Chava specifically didn't get it. So yes, she was punished ultimately. But in a certain sense, Adam did something extremely wrong because he was told not to do it. He didn't just... He shouldn't have just known about it, but he was told. Barak Ishnit Levelo Isha, and maybe that's why only a man. Kila Adam Amar Hashem, Kiyoma Biomacholcha Mimenu Most Hamus, Velo Lachava, Rakla Adam Amar Acharkach, Ad Shufchel Adama, Kimimenu Lukakta, Kiafara Tavel Afarta Shuv, Kihu Shedit Stava Bevefuresh al Israelis Beitadas, Vahusha Huzar Allah Bonesh Misa, Velo Velohi. Good. And then he even adds at the end, Tanur Abundant calls the Gemara in Sanhedrin, that Ilunemar Chait Vesalisa, if it would have said Chait Vesalisa, I would have thought first you hang and then you kill, like Malchius do. No, but it says Vesalisa, Mamis, Vuhumas, Vesalisa. Why? What's the Havamina? Why would I have thought? Lama Be'emet Sivsa Torah, Latzliya Sha'achra Misa, Vikpida Shalom, Little Zolafnea Misa, Lamaskana, Lamaskana, as he said before. So why does the Tzliya take place afterwards? What's the reason for that Maskana? The answer is, because if we would have killed him, hanged him as part of the killing him, then many might have thought that that's just part of the Onesh. And they wouldn't realize it's something separate from the Onesh, something for, for us to think about and ponder and learn from the experience and learn from what we see in front of our eyes. It's specifically done after the Misa, so that we realize it's not part of the Onesh, but it's just part of our reminder of the eights hadas. Whole way to to look at something, a look at a new mitzvah, the Saliso so gives us a whole new intake into what we're supposed to get out of it. Good. Continuing. Here we gotta pick and choose which mitzvahs we speak about each year. Continuing. Torah tells us a couple of sukkim later that there is a mitzvah Asay Daraisa of Ma'akeh. 
Shlishi, Kisivna Bayis Chadash, Viasisa Ma'ake Legagecha. When you build a new house, you must put the Ma'ake up on your roof. And don't have Damim in your house when the Nofel falls down. What do you mean when the Nofel falls down? He was supposed to be Nofel, Rashi explains. Anyway, but you shouldn't be the tool that causes the downfall. We shouldn't be the one that's involved in this, even if the person is going to fall anyway. To remove any dangerous situation in my house. Says Rav Drush. A very important message for all of us at this time of year. Again, Al Darak Drush. Teva Ha'adam, says the Divrei Mordechai. Teva Ha'adam Lishof Ligdulos. It's natural for a human being to reach for the stars. We all want to succeed. It's natural. We all want to succeed. We want to, all want to do as much as we can. We all have, we all strive. We all want to. But, Says Rav Sadyagon, quoted right here, we have to make sure that we don't reach. And again, it's a, it's a very delicate balance, what he's about to say. We have to reach as far as we can. We have to try as hard as we can. But we have to realize that our goal should be in the realm of reality. We should never put our goals for sure out of the realm of reality, we need reality checks because then if we chas v'shalom don't make our goals, then we might just throw everything away. So yes, we have to reach beyond, but we have to make sure that everything is realistic. Says Rav Sadiagon, Afal pivi tachein sheyihelok shayim misuyamim kasher sheifosav yiskaimu even though you're going to have difficulty. Hatam lekachu shahaneshama he yeshut ruchanit chilek elokami mau our neshama always shoots up v'hisho eves lalos u'lehesalos we're trying to move up ulam al haadam ladas shelo lahatziv laatzmoshi fod kavahot midai not to go higher than we really have in reality leitim hatzavas mataros neskavos min haadam alulach shiloto if we have too high too high standards, then that could be machshelos. Lo yaeshoto to to cause us to give up. I won't even try. <laughs> Again, there's a balance. We have to try as hard as we can. As Rabbi friend ended off his his um his divrei his oros at the same mashas a couple of weeks ago. Beyond your reach is really within your grasp. The most amazing quote of the night, but. Even with that, we have to make sure that the high standards that we set are not beyond, are not beyond beyond. Because if it's too far, says Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, then we could just give it up. If I decide I want to learn all of Shas in a month, so then it's, it's not realistic. Give us seven years. That's all I to do in this Pasuk. V'yasisa ma'ake ligagecha. Put a make around your gag, around your roof, what you're shooting for. So that they are within reach, within grasp. We have to make sure. We have to set goals. We have to do uh, all of our projects step by step. We have to take upon ourselves Kabbalahs in Elul and Tishrei. We have to. But we have to make sure, says Mordechai Leo, that it's all within. It's just beyond our reach.
which is within our grasp, according to Rabbi Freyant. But we have to make sure that's true. And he quotes here a marshal for the Ben Ishchai. Adam Echad Nasi Rosho. There was a man that was once carrying eggs on his head, right, in one of the Middle Eastern countries where that was, uh, that was normal, like the Ben Ishchai. And he was going to sell them in another city. Pamachas Halach Padarko. He was walking and all of a sudden, passing him is this beautiful wagon with a, with an usher sitting in the wagon. Shomachar Beitzim Esa Aglon. Then all of a sudden, the, the one who, the, the one who's walking with eggs on his head asked the wagon driver, Emarnali, please tell me, Kate said, How did your master become so rich? What'd he do? I'm here walking, taking my eggs on my head, and you're there, <coughs> sitting in the wagon, and you're driving this very rich man. How do you become rich? So the Aglon says, he started by selling eggs on his head. He says, really? He said, yeah. He got eggs. He put the chicken on the eggs. And then he got chicks. He sold the chicks for bigger chicks and more chicks and more chickens. And he was very... Uh, hardworking, and he was very siyata uh, deshmai, and he was able to do it, and he left. All of a sudden, this mocher beitzim, who was minding his own business, who was fine, who was happy to go about his day, he says, "I'm also going to do it, and I'm also going to get the birds, and I'm also going to get the the beitzim no suffos. I'm going to sell them. I'm going to be an usher gadol. Oh no, the king's going to invite me to his palace. And as he's dancing and thinking, and all of a sudden, the eggs fall off his head and all crack." Because he was focusing for a moment on items beyond, at least right now, step by step, in the world of reality, step by step. The goals, okay, beyond. You're thinking about the king's palace and you have eggs on your head. Put a maka on your gag. Make sure you have a very high gag, but have a maka on it. That's the message of Rebordechelio. I think we've spoken in the past a similar idea. I gave it to you from Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch in a, in a slightly different context, but it's the same idea. He there is talking about chumras, right? Not just the goals, but sometimes if somebody wants to take upon themselves a certain behavior, a certain chumra, says Rav Hirsch, I have to make sure that I don't lose sight that it is a chumra and that it is not part of me'ikr hadin. Because if I have a chumra, and I blur the lines, and all of a sudden that becomes the ikir adin, and therefore I have a higher standard of what I used to have to have, and I have to do it, not just I want to do it, then sometimes if I can't do what I think I need to do, then I won't do anything. Says Rav Hirsch, this is exactly what happened in the sin. Getting back to Adam and Chava again. Says Rav Hirsch, right there in Perak Gimel and Bracious. Here, when Chava said that I'm not even going to touch the tree, I was commanded not even to touch the tree. Here we have at once the beginning of a siyag, a protective fence, a mitzvah derabanan. God had only forbidden eating the fruit of the tree. Eve declares that even touching it is prohibited. The idea is wonderful. But... How it's formulated is the is literally what was the killer in this case. This was a fence law which Adam's conscientiousness had added to God's prohibition to protect himself from transgressing it. We can see there from how these xeris and are quite formed naturally from the conscientiousness that the observers of the law of God expect from us. But the problem is that they blurred the lines. If they skipping a couple of lines, they warn us to never lose sight of the origin and the importance of these fence laws ordered by Jewish conscientiousness. Always to keep in mind that they are man-made and not God-made. Not the Orisa. Only as long as we remember this, 
do they serve us as warning and protection? If we forget that this is their character, then transgressing them will just lead more easily to transgressing the real God's law too. This danger was always kept in mind by by Chazal. But that's exactly the same point. Whatever we have, we have to make sure that we keep in mind exactly what's the Daraisa, what's the Drabanan, what's the world of reality that I want to do, what are my goals, and we all have to have goals. This is not an excuse. But we just have to live in the world of reality and not think that something is beyond, which something going to the moon, you know, is just not, it's not happening. Okay. Moving right along. We have much focus in our Parsha on in Yone Ishus, in Yone Shalom Bayis, issues of, of marriage, the mitzvah of marriages in our parasha, the mitzvah of Machsar Grushaso, the mitzvah of Shana Rishona, <coughs> the discussion in the first half of the parasha about the Snua and the Ahuva. There is much discussion of Inyani Shalom Bayis in our parasha. So we'll get to the Rambam in a minute that we, we always like to quote either in Parsha Kisetzi or Bracious. Could never uh, review the Rambam enough, but just we'll start with a Interesting story found here in the Elena Lashabeach from Rav Zilberstein. Rav Zilberstein says on the Pasuk of Kika Cheshisha, on the Pasuk of, of Shalom Bayis and uh, the dual responsibilities between a husband and a wife, he says not only is it the responsibility of the husband and the wife to do whatever he can, of they can, to keep the marriage uh, beautiful and lively and, and, and loving, but everybody, the posek, the rabbi, the neighbors, whenever one can, add and share and bring husband and wife closer to each other, it's all of our responsibilities. And he quotes an interesting story how one Rav brought two, brought a couple back together. He quotes this from one of the Rebbes. person of Rav has to, has to lower himself and really get into the details of the argument and try to explain to both sides how it's how it's tafel, as we said before. That's also part of the Eight Sahara. He makes us focus on tafel and blow them out of proportions. So this is the story. Shamati Amaisa Shahaya Bakfarkatan, there was a, a, a village and there was a husband and wife that got married, and after a little a little time there was a little sikhsuk that got got between them. What was it? The wife was going to sleep one night and she started saying Kriyashma and she started saying Amalakha Goel and she put the Kama in Hamalakha Goel as follows. So the woman said, She put the psik after the word mikol. So what came out was, The husband hears this, he starts screaming. The garbage. He said, what are you doing? You're, you're being misalephus as a psukim. You're ruining the psukim. You're corrupting them. According to your nusach, you're, you're asking for a, for a klala on the children. The husband gave it to his wife. He thinks to himself, okay, I'm, uh, okay, whatever. It was a bump in the road, but we're okay now. The following night, same thing, the woman's going to sleep. And again, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I told you to write, how to do the proper nusuch. Says the woman, says the wife, I learned this nusuch from my mama, and she from her mama. And I learned it, and this is my misora. You could say it how you want to say it, and I'll say it how I want to say it. 
But I'm not stopping to learn, to say the Nusla that I learned from my mother. And this caused constant strife. This little, which was made into a big issue between the husband and the wife, caused constant strife. And finally they said, I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. We have to, we have to go ask somebody. So they went to ask, to ask the Admar from schooling. He was known in his Harifus. And, you know, if this question would have come to some of us, we would have just said, what kind of crazy? Don't worry. Either we would have the reaction of, you say that, you say, you say that, or we would say to the woman, you're wrong. You're putting the comment in the wrong spot. But that wouldn't have brought back the Shalom Bias. The woman would have been upset. So how do you bring back the Shalom Bias? So they hear that the Rebbe was coming to the town, and they came to the ta- they came to him to talk to him, and he thinks for a minute when he hears, and he thinks, and he makes it as if he's trying to figure out exactly what the answer is. Pana Rebbe Elabal. He turns to the husband and says, Why don't you like her nusach? How do you know that she's making a mistake? I know what she means. I know where her Messiah comes from. Let me explain it to you. We know the Gemara in Meseches Shabbos tells us, he hasn't quoted Befeirish, but we know the Gemara tells us that every Friday night, two Malachim accompany us home. A Malach Tov and a Malach Ra. And if the table is set and the house is ready for Shabbos, the Malach Tov gives a bracha, and the Malach Ra is also forced to answer Amen to that bracha. Rahman al-Islan, if the house is not ready and the table is not set and the beds are not made, then the Malach Ra says, King haba, and the Malach Tov is forced to say Amen. Says the Rebbe. And not only on Shabbos, when we say Shalom Aleichem, but even the days of old, it was always. The Shulchan Aruch talks about certain tefillahs that we used to say when we went into the bathroom because we said, Malachim, you know, wait for me here. I just have to go to the bathroom. We don't do that, Bismanazah. But really, the Malachim is still around. But there's always Malachim with us. And when the Ima said to your wife, Mr. She had everything in mind. The Malach should redeem me from everything. All things that I need redemption, pidyon from, please. She was speaking the Malachatov. And she dove into the Malach to redeem her from everything. And then she added on, And the Malachara should be forced to say Amen to this bracha. Like it says in the Gemara. Not only Tov. And the husband hears this, he says, Oh, now I understand. It's beautiful! Let her keep saying it! And then the Rebbe turns to the wife and says, Let me tell you, you know what? It's beautiful, but I'm not sure if she said this every week always. Maybe there was a certain issue one week that she had a Yeshua from it that she was giving special hakara to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But... Achshav, skip a couple of paragraphs. Achshav, whatever the situ- specific situation was, you know, it's more common to say it the other way, even though your way is beautiful. But it's more common to say it the other way. So it's probable that even your mother would say, go back to the Minag of Yisrael. The woman says, yeah, I guess you're right. And the Rebbe not only solved the problem, but he brought the husband and the wife back 
That's fixing and helping Shalom Bias. That's what that's what our lives are about. Focusing so much and never taking for granted the unique bracha of Shalom Bayis. And for the husband and the wife to each focus on giving. Because that's what a relationship is all about. The second that somebody becomes a taker, that's the, that's the, that's the poison for any relationship, especially a marriage. Says the Rambam at the end of the Perak Tezvav and Ilchaz Ishus. This we've definitely quoted before. Oven should be at snu'ah. Velotirba b'schok v'chulu v'chulu. Velotimon amibal. She shouldn't put her, put her husband in pain. V'chein, or pain her husband in any way. V'chein tzivu chachamim shi adam mechabed as ishto yosem igufo. A man should be mechabed, his wife, more than he's mechabed himself. Yeser migufo. V'ohavak kugufo. He should love her just like he loves himself. V'im yishlo mamon marbe betovasak v'ya mamon. If he has money, he should buy her presents. V'lo yato ala emel yaseira. And he should never instill fear in her. Chas v'shalom. V'ya diburo yima b'nachas. Should always be b'nachas. V'lo ye atze v'lo rogez. Not angry. And not and not anything that would cause his wife to feel some pain. And the opposite. V'chein tzivu chachamim ala isha. This is, as we've said in the past, a fridge rambam. Put this on the fridge. These two halachas. V'chein tzivu chachamim ala isha. Shatia mechabed. This is bailo b'yoser midai. And the wife should treat her husband. Unbelievably, he should not instill fear into her, but she should be in awe of him. And everything he should fo- she should follow his lead. And he should be in her eyes like a king. And everything that he ate, she should try to distance. They should think of each other as royalty, but not as themselves as royalty. This is the relationship between an Ish Isha, between a Baal Isha. In Yadus Ubudracham Elu Yeshuva Na'eh Mushubach, with this attitude, always focusing on each other, that would be everything would be Na'eh Umishubach. So that is our Shalom Bayas thought for the for the evening. Okay. Moving right along. We are back in Eretz Yisrael, so we have to say one thought relating to our return and to the godless of the place where we are right now tonight. Says the Torah a little bit later on. Perach of Gimel, Pasuk Tezayin. Chav Gimel Tezayin. Says the Torah, a separate Isser Daraisa. Lo saskir eved el Adonav, asher yinatzel elecha me'im Adonav. Literally, do not close off an Eved, El Adonav, to his master. Don't return an Eved to his master. Asher yinatzel elecha me'im Adonav. That he escaped to you from his master. Don't give back a slave. If somebody escapes, don't give it back. Don't give it back. What exactly is this talking about? What type of Eved are we talking about? Says Rashi, Kitargumo. First of all, Kitargumo. What does Targum? What does Uncle say? Lo Simsar Eved Amamin Liad Ribone. The non Jewish slaves run away from his non Jewish master. Don't give him, you don't have to give it back. The Ishtezev Lavasak Lavas Ribone. Because Judaism doesn't believe in Avdus unless there's a real need. Meaning, if there's a worker and he still owes the master something, fine. But that's, that's Rash Unkelis. But then Rashi gets Chazal. Dover Acher, the Gemara says in Masechah's Gitin, and this is what we the Raman Paskins, Afilu Evet Kna'ani Shel Yisrael. 
Shebarach Michutz Laaretz Laaretz Yisrael. Included in this Isser Daraisa, one of the 365, is there's an Isser Daraisa, if an Evid Kanani of owned by a Jew that lives outside the land of Israel, the Evid Kanani runs to the land of Israel, it's an Isser Daraisa to return that Evid. Not allowed to. And the question is why? Why? Never Kenani? Never Kenani? My fellow Jew owns him. He runs away to Eretz Yisrael? Why don't I have to? Why am I not allowed to give it back? To give him back? Says the Ramban. Verabosenu Amru. Afilu Be'evet Kenani. Shel Yisrael. Shebarach Mechutz La'aretz La'aretz. What? Shegamze Ya'avod. It's not that he ran. If somebody, if, a, if an Evakinani of a, of, a, of a Jew runs from from uh, Memphis to to uh, Nashville, you give him back. Give him back. It's an Evakinani. They ran away. It belongs to the master. But only specifically, if an Evakinani runs from Chutzlaris to Eretz Yisrael, you don't give it back. Why? He's only half Jewish anyway. Right. This is a small mitzvah with a major message. Says the Ramban, because he ran to Eretz Yisrael, he stays in Eretz Yisrael, and he serves the people of Eretz Yisrael. And he is saved from those who sit on an impure land. Reflected by the fact that there are many mitzvahs that don't apply there. You know why? Because it's an Eretz Tmei'ah. We don't make the Evid go back. We're not allowed to give him back because he came to a holy place. He stays in a holy place. Says Rav Sarotskin in Azayim LaTorah. Says Rav Sarotskin, based on this idea, the same halacha of the Ramban. Says Rav Sarotskin, Rabbi Lichman, one of his foreign points out this, uh, connects this Ramban to the Azayim LaTorah. Shekavan Zvenireh. You know what? This Eved, we're not going to give him back. You know what? He, he must have had pure Kavanas. How do we know? He must have wanted to be in a, in a land with more Mitzvahs and more Kedusha. Why? Because if he would have just wanted to be freer than he is, and not only free from his master, but freer from God. Why did he run to the to the Holy Land? He could have run to anywhere else in the world, and yet he ran to a place with more obligations. What does that tell us about him? If he would have run away from his master, and he's just trying to get free, he wouldn't have his master, he wouldn't have God, he's only half Jewish anyway. He has the key line. If he chose Zion, he must have chosen the God of Zion, and the people of Zion at the same time. And that is why we don't send him back. This halacha, lo saskir evet al-adonav, Yisrael. The uniqueness of Eretz Yisrael in this land, what makes it special? We, sometimes we get caught up and we focus on, on, on items and events that occur within a land, but we have to know deep down that this is God's land. 
This is his chosen land. This is the Eretz Tahorah. And this is the land that everything is real. It's real. And therefore we have to, we have to realize the schus that we have of living here and Bez Hashem to bring, make a Kaddish Baruch Hu proud and give him Nachas Ruach in his land. Okay, two more ideas for the evening, both about the last section of the Parsha, and that is about Amalek. First thought is very interesting, very unique. Tim Chazecher Amalek, we know the Torah tells us at the end, it's the laning for Parsha Zachar. Tim Chazecher Amalek, remember what Amalek did to you, and make sure that what he did does not go unforgotten. And Timcha Ezecher Amalek, Kind of uh, unusual. We have to remember what he did and then wipe out his name. Wipe out the Zechar of Amalek. Do not forget. There is a concept in the Gemara. comes up many times throughout Shas that the ones who put together the, 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 the Gemaras wanted to help us remember Shas. And they, they put in certain simonim, mnemonics, to help remember, like, the next piece of Gemara. So the Gemara is about to have, like, six different opinions, so the Gemara will put in a mnemonic with a word that sometimes isn't even a word. It's just, you know, just uh, letters to, to help us remember the next six next six pieces. The Shlach Kodesh is very medactic. Whenever you're learning, you have to say those those simonim. So if you look in the Mesechah's Baal Radaf Mem Vav, we're not going to get into any of the details of that Gemara. It has one of those simanim. It has one word to preface the following piece of Gemara. And that one word, you can open it up. The one word is Amalek. Amalek. That's the word that the Bale Defus chose to put into our Gemara to help us remember the following Shaklavataria. And as for Yaakov Emden, how'd they do this? How'd they do this? And it's how it goes on the Gemara right there. I gave it to you from the Kamosi Shalarav, but it's in the, in the back of the Gemara in Babasra Mem Vavna Base. Matino Dover Pella. Chazal Nasnu Shem Shem Simen Liskaris Divrahem. Barashi Ateva Shalamila Amalek. Bakushia Zoekas Lashamayim. Hakesad Yitachin. Shedafka Shmo Shemil Shelmi. Shenetstavino Lemchot at Shmo. Yechakaku Chazaba. Tarb Shabalpe. The Sichron Olamim. The name that was supposed to blot out is the name that's put into Shas to help us remember. <laughs> What's going on here? Says Rabbi Yaakov Amdin. says, no. He says, how do you wipe out a Amalek? You wipe out a Amalek by doing the opposite. You wipe out a Amalek by being Moshcheyu Lebeis HaMedrash. Amalek was about, there's no Hashkacha, forget Torah, forget Hashem, we use Amalek to remember Hashem. We use Amalek to remind us of Torah Shebaal Peh. That's the ultimate Mechia of Amalek. Again, mentioning what was uh, mentioned at the CMHS a couple of weeks ago, one of the speakers mentioned the greatest revenge that we have, Rabbi Lau mentioned also, of Hitler Yemach Shemam is the get-together that we have when 92,000 people get together to, to celebrate Torah. That's the ultimate revenge on the Nazis, Yamach Shemam. And as was pointed out, it was the same English date as the day that Hitler Yamach Shemam opened the Olympics in the 1930s in Berlin. The same exact date, whatever number of years later, 70 years later, 80 years later, the same exact date. We get together in a huge coliseum 
90 plus, 1,000 plus people to celebrate Torah. That's the revenge. That's using. We take the Colosseum, we take the large area, and we're Makadish. We take a Amalek and we slap him into the Gemara. Amalek, you wanted to burn this. Amalek, you wanted to destroy this. Guess what? I'm going to put you in the Gemara and you're going to be a tool for me to remember Torah. Says Rabbi Yaakov Amtin, Lahachnis menuva lebeis hamedrish, l'shaber kocho lahotzi mimenu nitzos hakadusha shibo. So we use that, we use that to remind ourselves of Torah. Number one. The other point I wanted to mention about Amalek is one final thought from the Nitziv. One final thought from the Nitziv, which we have right here in the uh, last sorts that you have in front of you. Says the Nitziv. Well, first Rashi. First Rashi. Rashi tells us, what is the connection between the previous section in the Torah and Amalek right before Amalek, we have weights and measures. Honest weights and measures, which, by the way, is also called a to'eva. Also called to'eva. There are many, many, not many, many, a number, five or six averas in the Torah that are called to'eva. One of them is right here. Kitovas Hashem Elokecha The one who has dishonest weights and measures is called a to'eva. And then right after that, we go into Amalek. So Rashi is bothered. Why? What is the connection to the Smichas Apsukim? Rashi says, Im shakarta If you're dishonest in weights and measures, then be worried about Amalek. Okay. But the Nesiv says, why? What's the connection? What's the connection between Amalek and weights and measures? Says the Nesiv. You have it right there. In Hamak Samach inyan akodem pirish Rashi quotes the Tanhuma. The imkain nirish amalek baba von mishkolos amalek comes baba mishkolos who pele shere lo haya bemidbar bischar. There wasn't even any business. What business were they doing in the midbar? They have got the mon and they got the slav. So why did amalek attack them? What are you talking about honest weights and measures? There were no weights and measures there. They were like the steel. So it's got to be what's at the root of dishonest weights and measures. And maybe that could have existed even in the Midbar. Says the Nitziv. The Gemara says in Masechaz Basra, in Parakasvina, comparing the Avon Mishkolos to Giliarayas. It's worse than Giliarayas. Worse than Giliarayas? Worse than Shar Genevas? Why is dishonest weights and measures even worse? Vesu. Says the Nitziv, what are we comparing? Averas Chamuros. How exactly are we supposed to understand this? Says the Nitziv. There are three root driving forces for every sin that we do. One of three sources. Why we do it. A, a temporary lack of divine clarity. Clarity of the divine. We spoke about it before with Adam and Chava. I'm, I'm thinking, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm focused that God is not here. It's a lack of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. Number one, a lack of Emuna. Number two, Mitzad is Gabrus Ataiva. Number two, maybe it is a temporary, uncontrollable Taiva that I'm able, right, Treif and Arias. Oh, Mitzad is Gabrus Akas. Or number three, an uncontrollable and unchecked feeling against my friend. Any of the Ben Adam Chaveros that I, 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 have, I, I can't stop myself. I just I have to get him back. Any of those. 
Says the Nitziv, these three, lack of emuna, hiskabras ataiva, hiskabras akas, those three are the big three averis. The big three averis. Vihini harosha beheder emuna hu avodazara. Avodazara, lack of emuna. Barosha taiva, gili araish. Rosha bemidos raos, shvichas damim. Those three represent and symbolize the three roots of every Avera. The Kolavonos boy me echami gibalofanam alalu. All three. Mechal Shabbos, go through each one. Mechal Shabbos, that's Emuna, that's connected to Avodazara. Mili Tivus Nafsho, that's Anav Mearias. The worst, what's the worst out of the three? If we would say, what's the worst one? The first one. Lack of Emuna. That's the worst one. Lack of recognition that a Baruch Hu is there. Says the Nitziv. Dishonest waste and measures, which one is it? So on the surface, you would say it's in category three. Surface, right? You're taking something from somebody else. But it's not, it's not an unchecked feeling against others. When that's maybe Geneva or Gazela or even murder, you know, is from, is from category, that's category three. But dishonest waste, setting up a system to trick people, that's a lack of emuna. That's a lack that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has taken care of me and a lack that Hashem does not see what I'm doing. That's why Avon Mishkolos is all, it's, it's within the categories. You can talk about it in the same paragraph because the root of it is number one. And that's how it can be more chomer in a certain sense. Obviously, not real murder. Murder is worse, and objectively. But in a certain sense, because it flows from root one and not root three, it's more chomer. And, says the Nitziv, finishing off, that's the connection to Amalek. Because Chazal have told us in various Midrashim, in various sources, the end of Bishalach, and here Amalek comes from a Rifyon Yadayim in Emuna. And that's what dishonesty in Mishkolos are. And then we break back to Amalek. That's That's why Amalek came, and that's why Mishkolos is is the cause of it. So again, at this time of year, we have to make sure that we focus on everything, but specifically these three areas working on our emuna, working on controlling our taivas, and working on controlling our feelings against others, just the opposite. Working on our feelings of giving to others, of, of only being samech bechelki in what I have, and working on my emuna in a positive way. Okay, we'll stop here, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem is wonderful to be back, right here, Parshas Kiseitzei.